everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast. Today is Friday, June 22nd, you guys. Oh my word. That means summer is here and it's already going by. So slow down. I'm going to say it again. Mamas, if you're still homeschooling, knock it off. Take a break. Go to the beach. Reorganize your kitchen. Do something that has nothing to do with school and enjoy your kid, or just put your kids to work. That's what I'm doing. We're having fun doing it. So it's all good. Today on the podcast, it's Meet My Friend Friday, and a dear friend of mine, Sarah May, is on the show with me today. I have been looking forward to this for a long time. So we're going to be jumping right into talking about complicated relationships. So this podcast is for anybody who's ever struggled with um, an abusive parent, with a friend who you're in this relationship, but part of you is like, why am I doing this to myself? If that's you and you've got some relationship struggles or you know someone who is, stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I wanted to let everybody know, I appreciate you guys listening. We have hit right around 40,000 downloads every episode. So that tells me that this podcast is reaching a lot of you. I love hearing from you. I love hearing from the teenagers and the dads and the moms who are listening to this. If you have a question that you want me to address over at Mailbox Monday, I appreciate all of your feedback about my rant about the public library on Monday. I may continue that uh, this next Monday, but please shoot me an email, podcast at thebusymom.com. Dot com And we are sorting through those and I'm really enjoying answering them. All right. Without further ado, I want to introduce my friend Sarah May to you. Sarah is a mama herself. She's got a 12, 11 and a nine year old. So she is right in the thick of it. She's been married to her sweet man for 15 years. And Sarah's been writing for a long time. She, uh, I have enjoyed Sarah's writing both at her blog and with the books that she has written. She's got a brand new book coming out next year called The Complicated Heart. And that's really what kind of uh, piqued my interest this time because I know that a lot of you are in the same uh, position that Sarah is in or has been in with relationships. Relationships are tricky and they can be difficult, but you know what? God wants to uh, bring healing and he wants to use them. So uh, Sarah's going to come on and talk with me about this today. So Sarah... Welcome to the podcast, friend. Thank you so much for having me, Heidi. I am so excited to be here with you. I am glad that you're here. And this is a topic that a lot of moms struggle with. I think, you know, we have this idea in our head of what relationships are supposed to look like. And uh, and when they don't turn out exactly like they're like we want them to, then we hear voices in our head, either from the church who says, oh, no, you got to keep that person in your life and you got to be a doormat for Jesus and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so people stay in relationships that are difficult without ever really feel, figuring out how to have healthy boundaries, what um, what God's doing in in uh, in the, you know, behind the scenes in that relationship. And listeners of my podcast who have been listening to me for the last five or six years or so, uh, have most of them have heard my story of growing up uh, with a, an abusive father and the the kind of the imprint that left on my heart, but also the healing that has uh, taken place in my life. And you have a similar story. Um, and I think it's going to encourage a lot of people. So tell us about The Complicated Heart. Why Why did you decide to write this book? Mm-hmm. I decided to write this book because I saw so many miracles that God did through the relationship, the broken relationship between my mom and I. Uh, my mom was an alcoholic for 20 years, and it was very devastating to discover that she was and that she didn't want to change. And sort of the abuse and just everything that happened after that revelation, 
Um, and yet, and yet God <laughs> kept telling me to love her. And, um, I wanted to read something to you. This is just a really tiny, tiny short poem that I wrote that sort of sums up the book. And it is this, she broke me, but he found me. And after he bound up my wounds, he taught me to love her because she was broken too. So, um, so I feel like this book is the story of my mom and I, and it starts when I'm 14 sitting in a bathtub, essentially wanting to commit suicide and my mom yells, go ahead. And it travels throughout the end of her life. She passed away two years ago where I'm actually at her deathbed with her as she takes her last breath. So it's all of the story of redemption in between and all of the disappointments in between because not everything, you know, is tied up with a neat, beautiful bow, right? Right. Um, and really, it's not about the result. It's about the lessons learned on the journey through this relationship with my mom. Mm, it's powerful. And it's left and it leaves an imprint. I think sometimes we have this, we have a, uh, an idea, especially those of us who've grown up with abusive parents, or we had just an, just an abusive person who was a staple in our life. And we think this is going to define us for the rest of our life. Uh, but what you're doing is you're letting parents uh, and moms and dads know that there's life beyond it and there's healing. And that's what I love so much about this story. It's not a story of a bitter woman with an abusive mother. It's a story of a woman who came out of a, a broken home and broken circumstances and a mom with a broken heart. And you're learning to find who you are through your father's eyes, you meaning meaning your heavenly father. Because I think you're probably like me and I saw myself through the eyes of my earthly father for a long, long time. And it took me a long time to say, okay, Lord, I want to see myself the way you see me and let you write the story of, of my heart. And it sounds like that's what God's doing in your life. Yes. And not only that, and as you've experienced, then we can change the cycle, right? Like we can flip the script and pass on a whole new generational legacy. Like we don't have to keep going down that path of abuse or feelings of failure or blah, 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 whatever it is. Like we get to change we get to, or well, we get to change the future, right? Like we get to change the legacy. Um, that's what's to me is, is being able to acknowledge the junk and then face it and deal with it and let the Lord just continue to bring things up and root them out so that we can be healthy and that we can go forward and we can um, love others really well and, and, and love him well, you know, and tell of the things that he has done. So I'm, I just feel, I'm just honestly so grateful for all the things I learned through it, like through all the devastation, through all of the pain, through all of the heartache. Um, and I'm going to be going, you know, into the stories, but the reason I go into the stories is so that people can understand like, yes, these things happened, but you can still go on and live a healthy life. You can still go on and find joy. You can change things. You don't have to stay in the patterns or the habits. You can set boundaries. You can learn how to love and forgive. And like you said, Heidi, like you don't have to just let people walk on you. Um, there's so many things I could say. And so that's why it's hard to make it a general <laughs> thing. Yeah. Well, you know. I think one of the things that, that kind of stands out to me is, um, is, that similar feeling at some, at one point, I remember thinking, I don't want to be, I don't want this to go on in my family anymore because it had gone on for generations before me. And when I was pregnant with my first daughter, who's now almost 27, I remembered 
just crying out to the Lord. And I wrote about this in Becoming MomStrong. I, I remember just sitting there staring down at my nine months pregnant belly, just thinking, I'm going to screw this kid up because it's all I've ever known is anger and, you know, and, and drinking and, and I didn't want to do that. And my, at the, actually it was my birth instructor. And she said, Heidi, you don't know who you are. She said, God's made you new. You don't have to live like that. You can make a whole new life for yourself and do, do it with, with the Lord's help. And I think so often in the culture right now, we're told we got to live this victim life. We love our victimization in Western civilization. And I'm always encouraging mom, God doesn't want you to be a victim. He wants you to be a victor because Jesus said, I died to set you free. And so what you're really, Sarah, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth so you can correct me anytime. But I'm wondering if kind of what I'm hearing from you is that you're saying you find that freedom and that identity in Jesus and he's what sets you free and you stop looking backward and you start looking forward. Oh, absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yes. But I think, I do think there's a period of time that we accept that at one time we were a victim because I think you have to feel that. Like you have yep. to realize like that happened. I'm acknowledging that this happened and this was wrong and this should not have happened. And then you have to grieve. Like if you don't ever grieve that, um, I don't think you're going to fully find freedom. So I think you take a, a time of grieving and mourning um, and then, then you can emerge. And really, I heard somebody say this and I loved it. We're never healed. I'm not talking about eternity wise. I'm saying like on this while we're walking it out on earth, but we're on the path of healing because God is always doing something, right? Sanctification, like he's always, always doing something. But I definitely, for me, one of the, so I'll tell you a story because that will help. When I was in college and I started to really, like I was coming to know the Lord. I came to know him, you know, end of high school, beginning of college. And, you know, God is gently bringing up these issues, you know, with my mom for me to sort of start to face and deal with. Um, and I, I end up going to a counselor and she said to me, and this was game changing. She said, you need to mourn the loss of a mother as though she died. And I was like, what? And she said, because she is never going to be the mom that you keep expecting her to be. And, uh, and so there is this mourning process that I had to go through this grieving that was very difficult because, you know, there's always that part of you that just thinks like, well, maybe, you know, like maybe they're going to stop drinking and then they're going to become really nurturing and loving and I'll have that. And, and maybe it will happen, but I had to mourn that expectation. I had to mourn it and it was heartbreaking. But what happened after I did that was that I was able to love her as a human, like as a separate person, not as my mom, because God didn't let me walk away from relationship. Like he let me walk away for a time to get healthy. And I did do that. I took a time of separation, but the Lord just kept calling me back to her. And so I couldn't have done it if I had this expectation that she was going to be a mom. I -hmm. had a way of like, I'm looking at her as a person who I can have compassion on, who I can love with boundaries. Um, mm-hmm. So, And it's so good. I think sometimes, you know, people need to understand that when you begin to forgive someone and the Lord does that healing in your life, at least for me, um, forgiving my dad meant accepting an apology I was never going to get. And, you know, you wait for that apology and you think, okay, they're going to come back and they're going to say, oh, my word, I messed up. I'm so sorry. And you may not get it. But if you uh, but we can live with this expectation of this needs to happen like this, the, the apology and the changed person needs to happen before I can move on. 
but because of Jesus, it doesn't have to be that way. So yes, we grieve what, 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 what we wanted and what we think should have been and what, and what probably should have been. And then we go, okay, that's not the way it is. And so now Lord, you got to help me move forward. And that's what I love about your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and there, the reason the grieving is so important is because the reality is God made families and, and parents are supposed to love their kids. They are supposed to nurture their children. So when that doesn't happen, you, something was taken from you, you know, like that's a very real loss. Yep. Yeah, it really is. I'm looking, I'm looking at your Instagram. If you guys are interested in, uh, in Sarah May's story of the complicated heart, you can find her at the complicated heart at Instagram. She's got a lot of great quotes on there. And one of the ones uh, that I really love because uh, it, it really exposes kind of the, the suffering that happens when we're trying to distance ourselves and trying to heal from an un, uh, from a relationship that didn't meet our expectation that actually hurt us. You said, I didn't realize it at the time or this isn't you, this is a quote on your page. I didn't realize it at the time, but I just wanted to sabotage everything around me so that I could sabotage myself. How did that play out in your life when you were suffering and struggling through uh, trying to figure out what this is going to look like in your life? Well, interestingly enough, so there were different levels and different seasons of different suffering. (laughs) So when I was with my mom as a teenager, you know, you're, you're going through hormones, you're trying to figure out your identity, you know, you're going through so many things. And when I did not get the love of, from my mother, um, and when I tried to tell her how it made me feel, she laughed at me. You know, when I told her, I, you know, I just don't love you. Like you're an alcoholic, you won't change. Like she would just laugh, like everything, you know, so it gave me such an insecurity, like that everything I said, I was never going to be taken seriously. And so I, for me, I turned to connecting with a guy and I always had to have a guy. Like I always had to have a boyfriend. That's how I, cause I never wanted to drink. So I vowed I was never going to be like my mom. I'm never going to drink. But what did I do instead? Like my quote unquote drink was that I had to be with somebody. Like I could not be alone. And that manifested in getting pregnant at 16, you know, multiple boyfriends, multiple partners, um, you know, very, very unhealthy. Um, and so I had a different addiction, you know, but it was the same, you know, you're escaping pain, you're running away. So that for years was, you know, how I dealt with it. Um, and, and I, you know, really sabotaged a lot of my, I think my heart <laughs> in this yeah. way. Yeah. Um, and we do that to ourselves. And you, in fact, you write about this quite a bit on your blog. And I've heard you talking about that you were pregnant at 16 and that pregnancy ended in abortion. And so now you have another thing that you need healing from. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. And that's what happens when we sabotage, right? Ourselves. Um, there's always these ripple effects. Like there's always more like layered upon like layers upon layers upon layers. Right. And then like that just stacks up. And then eventually God in his kindness, like slowly starts to lift the layers <laughs> one by one. But it's so great. The less layers you have in life, the better, <laughs> you no know, kidding. <laughs> um, and yet he's so kind. So the first sort of, you know, wave was, you know, the abortion and the relationships. And then there was learning how to deal with the lies that I believed, you know, like realizing, like, I never felt good enough, like my mom manipulated me. And so I always felt like everything was my fault. And so learning to recognize like, what manipulation was, how you stop that. Um, You know, those were more layers going to counseling for my mom, recognizing those things. And then when I got married, I can't even believe my husband married me. I was such a mess the first year of our marriage. And he was from stable Christian home, like solid guy, good guy. And I was terrible. 
And when I realized that he wasn't going to take it, meaning if I'd be like, I couldn't call him a name. I mean, he would literally be like, you can't speak to me like that. And then he goes, I'm going to leave and walk around for a while. So you can like get yourself together. Like he didn't stick around and like be part of this toxic argument or something. Like he was healthy. (laughs) Yeah. And it taught me so much about healthy relationships and his family taught me so much about what it looks like to be in a healthy relationship. But I want to go back to something real quick. That was so another important thing that I learned. You and I, both are big fans of boundaries, right, Heidi? Like (laughs) boundaries, baby, you need them. And here's how I learned about boundaries. I was in a college class and my mom and I would have this like, you know, uh, you know how, I don't know, we would just get into these things and it was like this cycle of like downward junk, you know, and I couldn't get out of it. And anyway, I was in a class and we had a guest speaker and it was a guy from uh, who dealt with like alcohol and addiction counseling and stuff like that. And I went up to him at the end of the class and I said, how do I deal with my mom? Like every time we're on the phone, like she, you know, goes on and on or she manipulates me or blah, 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 whatever. And he said, if I have a ball in my hand and I throw it to you, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm going to throw it back. And he goes, okay, so you're playing the game. And he goes, if you don't want to play the game anymore, what do you do? I said, I don't throw the ball back. And he's like, exactly. So with my mom, I learned that if things started to go downhill on the phone or she started to make fun of me or she started to blame me or whatever, I would say, I'm so sorry, mom, I got to go. And I would not give her a chance to like, keep. I would just hang up the phone, which sounds so harsh. But if anybody knows when they're on the phone with a, a manipulative person, like they don't, they'll keep going. No, you and can't. You went right. And so I would say like, or, or I would be like, oh, someone's knocking my door. I got to go. Bye. Like no explanation. No, like mom, you're really hurting my feelings right now. So I'm going to hang up the phone. Like, no, that doesn't work. Right. Cause it's gasoline on the fire. Gasoline, exactly. On the fire. And that was huge. And she was ticked, but after a while, like she got it. And I, <laughs> and even setting a boundary with, I remember writing her a letter and saying like, I need like maybe like a year away from like, I can't talk to you. I can't see you. I have to get my head straight because I didn't know up from down. I didn't with manipulation. You just completely get lost and you don't know what's true and what's false. And it's, everything is confusing. And, um, that really hurt her, but it was, I had to do it in order to clear my head and get healthy. And the Lord used that time, um, you know, to really sort of dig out some things, teach me some things. And then I was able to go back and say, okay, mom, I can love you, but I knew I had boundaries in place. Mm -hmm. And those boundaries are really life-saving. I mean, I think part of it is just recognizing you don't have to let somebody live rent-free in your head. And I think sometimes as Christians, I know I hear this from moms all the time as I'm traveling that they'll, you know, they'll come up. Sometimes the 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 abuser is their husband. Sometimes it's a sister. Sometimes it's just a friend that you know the the relationship used to be great, but it's at somewhere along the line it turned toxic. And my question always is, when at what point does your faith? Because it usually comes back to faith. Because I'm typically speaking to Christian moms, and they just were like, well, the, you know, Jesus wants me to love him. I'm like, no. Where do you read this in the Word? That because of of uh, the shed blood of Jesus and the redemption you've experienced in your life, that that means you continue living in a relationship with someone who's abusive to you. So I guess it brings me to my next question for you, which is, how do you love somebody uh, that's abusive without being in an active relationship with them? That is the question I get all the time. That and how do you forgive her when the wound is still open, like when they don't ever apologize? So yes. I will say 
One, there are times you run for the hills. There are times you don't maintain relationship. There are times that you say, peace out, we're done. That's appropriate and healthy and wise. But there are also times when if you're tender to the Holy Spirit and you have boundaries in place, like um, I'm not, you know, living with my mom and she's able to do certain things to me. Like I was able to, I felt like the Lord was telling me to love her. Like I felt very clearly that God wanted me to. I so appreciate your, you, one of the things I love about you is that you have a vulnerability and an ability to really, um, to dive deep where other people are kind of scared to go. And I think God does his best work in the deep. And so Sarah, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for your willingness to share with my audience today. And I know it's going to bless them. If you guys want more information about Sarah May, you can find her at sarahmay.com and it's S-A-R-A-H-M-A-E. And I will link back for those of you who are driving and you're like, wait, I can't write that down. Fear not. Don't don't get an accident. I will. Uh, I'll link back to this in the show notes today. You can always find the show notes at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. Hey, Sarah May, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been a huge blessing. And I know you're going to encourage a lot of people. I cannot wait until the complicated heart comes out. Thank you for having me. Hey, everybody. If you've got questions for Sarah May, you can shoot them to me, podcast at thebusymom.com. If you've got a question you'd like to see addressed over at uh, Mailbox Monday, it's the same rigmarole as always. Shoot me an email, podcast at thebusymom.com, and please put Mailbox Monday in the show notes. We are cruising right along in the month of June, and we're getting ready to start a brand new series over at MomStrong International that will start the first Monday in July. And we're going to start, we're going to start talking about things that are not in the Bible. So all those things that we hear in churches and on the internet and on social media, like don't judge all those things that are sort of taken out of context when God is actually saying something completely different. So if you're interested in joining us for the study for the summer series, we'd love to have you join us, momstronginternational.com. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.